Welcome to Already Enough with Kelly Backert. This program is about realizing that you are already enough and nothing outside of yourself can fix you because you aren't broken. This program will help give you the tools to let go of old ideas about life and step into a new way of living. You will hear from experts, be given helpful tools and tips, and much more. Now here's your host, Kelly Backert. Hi, everyone. This is personal trainer and health coach Kelly Backert. Welcome to Already Enough. This is a show is all about how to stop searching for an outward solution to an inner condition. On my show today, I'm super excited to have licensed mental health counselor Molly Barr. And our topic today is going to be all about intuitive eating. So many of you know that I'm not what I think of as like a typical trainer or health coach where I'm going to prescribe and try to push any sort of diet plan for anyone. I don't believe in dieting. And as I've worked for many years with clients, I'm more resolved than ever in believing that it doesn't work. And and if it does, it's very short term. And then you're right back on that hamster wheel again. I know with my own personal story, which I've told a lot, but I'm going to kind of brief it again a little bit here today. Um, With my own personal story, it's deep rooted in dieting. As someone who struggled for many, many, many years with overeating, binge eating, undereating, yo-yo dieting, and really just being in imprisoned almost in my own life. It was really like hell on earth, seriously. I wanted to escape my own feelings and just the uncomfortableness, I guess, of just being a human being and everything that goes along with it. And I was using food to numb those feelings. Um, And my food and my diet controlled everything I did. I like to describe myself back in those days as a semi-functioning basket case, right? Because I was functioning I guess, but things really weren't going well. So I made up this number in my head. I've talked about this before. Like I was a big running to the scale. Like I would run to the scale like four or five times a day. And I believed that if I could just reach, and I made up this number in my head, so reach 110 pounds. So I'm five foot eight. So this is ridiculously not healthy to try to be at this weight, unless you're just naturally that way. But I wasn't. And, um, I thought that this would make me happy. I thought if I could just be at 110 pounds, it would, I, would, I, would, I would be happy. So this was an endless time of binging, overeating, undereating, pills, obsessing over the scale, the next meal, the next diet. And I tried every single diet. There's not a diet that I did not try. The all soup diet, the only eating from the inner portion of the supermarket diet, disgusting diets, like all egg diets, dead serious, tried it. can't even believe it. When I think back on it, I'm just like, I just can't believe it. But I did it. I did it. I thought like, this is the next best best thing, right? So for me during that time, I was, I was getting a lot of high praise feedback. So it's strange, right? When you're struggling so much internally and you're, and you're restricting your food so much and you're doing all these crazy things, but then people are saying, oh, you look so great. How do you stay so fit? I just wanted to scream out like I've only drank one diet soda today or I've almost I've only eaten one apple in three days. But I mean, it just it was it's such a crazy time. And I got down to the 110, but then it didn't do anything. It didn't do what it was supposed to do. Then my thoughts instantly went to how am I going to maintain this? And maybe I should be 108. And it was just never enough because I didn't think it was because I didn't think really that I was enough right? It was never about the weight or 
the food or the diet. It was me just not accepting myself and just on this constant race of numbing myself, not feeling my feelings and not stopping really. I was all consumed by it. So I had this calendar on my wall. So, you know, those big calendars that are like supposed to go on your desk. So not kidding you, I had this calendar in my living room, like hanging on my wall. So this is what I would do. So I would put X's on it for good days and circles on it for like, so X's were good. O's like circles were bad. So like an X day, like a good day was like 500 calories. Like if I could keep it at 500 calories for the whole day, seriously. And then I would look at it after a month and I would like judge myself about this. Like how good did you do? How bad did you do? This became like a serious, this is more than like a food tracker. I mean, those are ridiculous in and of themselves, right? But it became, it became like way worse than that. It became like this, just this different way of that. I would just be hard on myself. And I became very isolated during this time, ruining a lot of relationships because how are you going to socialize and go out with friends if you can't eat more than 500 calories? I mean, it was terrible. And then I had my jobs. I, when I, I went from job to job during this time and how was I going to ever do anything? I was either too lethargic to have energy to do a good job, or I was so focused on the next meal, the next diet. And it was how I was running to the scale constantly because that was my reward, right? For doing so good, which is, you know, the 500 calories or whatever the diet was that week, who knows what I, I mean, it was always something. And it, I was obsessing over it. it really was a full-time job. I mean, I had this calendar, I had this, I mean, tracking this, this new diet, every health magazine, then I'm over then I'm binge eating and I'm running to all these fast food restaurants. No kidding. I would have to drive across town to go to a different fast food restaurant because I would be like, oh my gosh, they just saw me, you know, last weekend ordering all this food and I would be so embarrassed. So here I am and I'm in this like prison that I created for myself. Now, I didn't have an like an Oprah aha moment. I really wish maybe I had, but I didn't. It was just a series of things that weren't working out for me, like I told you with the isolating with the friends and the and the um there was really no relationships honestly and the and the work wasn't going well because I was consumed by this. Things were really falling apart for me, and I was and it wasn't bringing me happiness, right? Like it was bring I was sad, I was lonely. oh it was it felt like a prison. It was a full-time job. It was never ending. so, as I, I decided, and with my parents' help, so I guess I'm kind of aging myself here because it was about 20 years ago, I went to an eating disorder clinic. And that was the start of a different way for me because I knew there had to be a different way, a better way to live, right? I wasn't having any fun. I, I wasn't joyful and I was definitely not at peace. And that was the start of a journey moving away from the compulsive diety and moving on to, well, I didn't have the words for it 20 years ago, but basically it was listening to my own body and what it needed, which is intuitive eating. And it's what my next guest is an expert on. And I couldn't be more happier to have her on the show today. So I would like to welcome licensed mental health counselor, Molly Barr. Hi, Molly. Hi. Welcome to the show. 
Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Good. So you listened to my um, crazy story, but I mean, that you you know that was just probably like a little glimpse into the <laughs> the craziness that it was. But I am so thankful that you're here. And um, why don't you just start out by telling us a little bit about you and what you do, and then we can just jump right into this topic that we're both super passionate about, and we can kind of maybe break down some tools for people and some things to to help people that were struggling like I was. So yeah, so maybe just kind of talk to us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yes, absolutely. And first off, I really want to thank you for sharing your story here. My heart is just pounding because I can, I can really relate to your story. And I have a hunch that so many people listening can relate to many parts of your story, if not all of your story. So I really thank you for starting us off with what your experience has been so far and everything you've experienced in the last 20 years. I mean, how amazing <laughs> you kind of had a, a sense of what this was 20 years ago. Like, it's right. amazing. So anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. I'm I know. Molly Barr. <laughs> I'm a licensed mental health counselor. I'm in Miami, Florida. I have a private practice here. I also provide virtual therapy sessions to residents of Florida and Hawaii. The licensing laws for therapy is kind of um, extreme. So <laughs> I can yes. only see people in these states. Um, And so I work with eating and body image issues, and a lot of what comes with that is anxiety, depression, trauma. Um, And so I work a lot with that and challenging some of our negative core beliefs that go along with those things. I am a certified intuitive eating counselor, and I have also been trained in EMDR, which I absolutely love. Um, And it works really well for any kind of eating and body image issues. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that because I'm super excited to talk about that. <laughs> like, I'm super excited. I'm okay. like, oh my gosh, I have so many things I want to talk to you about because, so everybody listening, I don't know Molly, but I follow Molly on Instagram and I'm kind of like a, like a little bit of a stalker about it because I will see something that she will post. You know, listen, Molly, I haven't even told her this. Like, so I will see something that she posts and I'll be like jumping around the room. Like, I'll be like, like freaking out. Like, yes, yes. Like, I don't even know. Like, I don't like, I'm like, you're just like a fan, like a groupie. Like I'm yelling out. Yeah. And then of course I have to share it. And then I I will literally text people like, oh, you have to follow her on Instagram. (gasps) Look at what she's saying. Oh my gosh. And the interesting thing, Molly, is you're like, thank you for sharing. I'm like, thank you for being brave enough. Some of the stuff that you say, I'm like, oh my gosh, Molly, this is going to be great. And then I'm like, almost like I hide. I think, oh my gosh, She's saying this. What is people going to say? Because it, it it's one of those things. I don't know if you find this, but people look at me funny when I say I don't believe in dieting, or it's almost like the, it's so it's like a foreign thing. It's it's almost like if you're not doing, what do you mean you don't do anything? Like I'll say, some will say. Oh, you know, because I'm a trainer, like, I mean, I'm a personal trainer and I own my own fitness studio. They'll say, so what do you do? And I'll say, I don't do anything. (laughs) I don't do anything. Like, I don't follow a plan. I just like kind of eat whatever I want to eat. And there's really no limits. And there really isn't any limits at all. And I just listen to my body and I do what feels good to me. And I really enjoy my food and I'm very present with it. 
And um, obviously, all these things have evolved over time and all sorts of support systems. But it's so funny because I think people look at me kind of like confused <laughs> a little bit. I don't know if you get any of that feedback. Oh, like it's yeah. So the diet stuff is so great. <laughs> and I think you and I were blowing minds left and right. But for a lot of people who really need to hear this message, it is so helpful. It is, And that's kind of the power of social media is we are able to either make our own posts or reshare other people's posts. And it's really helping spread this information out. Intuitive eating was written way back in 1995, but I mean, I didn't hear about it until just a few years ago. So that's kind of the power of social media. And we need people like you, like anybody listening to start talking about this because people need to know that there is another way. And I'm really trying to pivot. Okay. I'll back up just a second. I have learned a lot over the last few years on this Instagram account of how to really spread my message and, and what I want to say, because there are some ways you can say it that are not very helpful and people are not going to want to listen to it. So it, there's right. been some fine tuning. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that it's, I think your message is great. So what I want to, um, I mean, it's awesome. So everything that you say, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. You know, I'm just like loving it. So let's, um, let's talk about, I want, I want to talk about your five to thrive. So you posted this a little bit ago and it's like the experiment, curiosity, self-compassion, permission, and the non-judgment. So if you could just kind of step into that a little bit and just kind of go into that a little bit of what the five, because you see the five to thrive on other things, right? You see it on, um, the five best ways to lose weight and the five best ways to shape your backside and the five, like, like I'm like, this is not helpful. This is not helping anybody. Like, but yours was beautiful. So if you could just kind of touch upon those, that would be super. Oh, yes. Thank you. So there is um, some background here. Uh, okay. Without giving too much information, there is a very famous, I guess we'll call her a writer who came up with the five to thrive and, this happened, I, w- I became aware of it last year, and it just lit me on fire. I was so angry that people are subscribing to this very, it could be very a harmful way to think. I mean, one of the suggestions is to wake up an hour earlier to get, like, some extra time to yourself. Like, I get that, I get the intention of it, but, I mean, if anything, we need an hour more of sleep. You know, our our country, our world probably is not getting enough sleep. So what are some other ways to look at this that you're not, um, you know, cutting into yourself? No, you and and I, I mean, my heart is beating faster because that's exactly what you see. Yeah, this I under I know exactly what you're talking about. And of course, we don't need to mention it, but everybody kind of knows what what's out there on social media. It's this constant, like, if you don't wake up at 4.30 in the morning, get your workout in and eat a grapefruit, or no, I'm sorry, grapefruit has too much sugar. If you don't do, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's if all those things, then you're not going to, like, this idea of thrive. Right, and so these these five I consider would be helpful for anybody coming in. Well, they don't have to be coming in for counseling. This is just helpful for anybody, but it also fits in with intuitive eating. So how can you approach life with more curiosity? 
Um, we tend to be very judgmental and we go straight to black and white thinking. So how can we be more curious? Um, and so when guilt comes up, let's say, so, oh, I feel guilty for eating um, this pizza today. We'll get curious with that because we feel guilty when we break a rule. So what rule do we have? What made up rule do we have that we think we broke because we ate pizza? So it's just getting curious with it. Like, where is this coming from? Who did I learn this from? Why do I still believe it? It's just getting curious. That's all. We're not going to yep. say it's good or bad, right. which leads us right into being non-judgmental. So, you know, those are kind of opinions. That's, um, those aren't facts. We want to stick with the facts and that things are neither good nor bad. It's just, it is what it is. So maybe your aunt taught you this rule about pizza being a bad thing. Well, how can we, um, you know, move away from black and white, good or bad thinking and just stick with, um, you know, it is what it is. I just ate a meal. I was hungry and now I'm satisfied and that's it. So it's really, that one's tricky to try to move away from non-judgment. No, and I agree. Um, and um, going on. this, we have like, seriously, we only have like a minute until our first break. <laughs> so oh, I don't sure. want to, okay. I'm like, gosh, I don't want to interrupt her because we're like going into this. So, so it's going to be great. But let's, um, let's stop for a break briefly. And then we're going to come back and we're going to tap right back into. So we went through kind of curiosity and then that non-judgment. And then we're going to jump right back into the uh, other kind of three that, contribute to that five to thrive and we can we can talk more about it does that sound good to you sounds great okay all right we'll see everybody on the other side of the break become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america Kelly Backer offers one-on-one life and health coaching and personal training by phone, over Skype, and in person. Visit corebootcamps.com to find out more about Kelly and these programs. No matter your age, gender, fitness level, or goals, Kelly and her team of certified trainers are here to ensure that you become the best version of you. They can even come to your home or work, and group weight loss programs and classes are also available. Find us on the web at corebootcamps.com. That's K-O-R-E bootcamps.com. If you're in Baltimore or Hartford County, Maryland, you can check out the Core Bootcamp Studio and take advantage of our fitness classes. Led by Kelly Backer and her team of fitness professionals, we offer on-site weight loss programs, challenges, and classes including spin, sculpt, strength, yoga, and the popular full bootcamp. If you're a fitness beginner or at a top level, we already have a class that fits your style. For more information, visit corebootcamps.com or call us in Maryland at 443-640-5274. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. America. 
You are listening to Already Enough with Kelly Backer. To reach the show today, you may call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feel free to also send an email to kellysbootcamps at gmail.com. Let's get back to Already Enough. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Already Enough with Kelly Backert. I'm here with therapist Molly Barr, and we're talking about intuitive eating today, which is so dear to her heart and so dear to mine, and we're so we're so grateful to be here. And before, on the other side of the break, before we took it, we were talking about um, Molly's five to thrive. So we talked a little bit about curiosity, about getting curious and a little bit about um, when you get curious about that, like that feeling of like she said, um, Molly, you mentioned like eating a piece of pizza and then having that feeling of like that was bad, you know, whatever that was, you're having curiosity and then and placing that non-judgment on it. So you're not judging yourself for having that thought. You're not judging yourself for eating it. So you're in a place of non-judgment. So we have that curiosity, that non-judgment. So what would be kind of like, I guess, out of the five to thrive, what's like the third kind of thing? I like the concept of experiments. So we're just going to try something new and just gather data. You're just learning more about yourself. So that kind of helps people try something new. So let's say you have that second piece of pizza and that's okay, or your third or fourth or whatever. You're just learning information about yourself of, well, was that enough? Was that too much? Um, And there's no such thing as too much. I'm just saying, are you eating past comfortable fullness? Um, How long does it take until you're hungry again? You're just learning more information, which kind of goes back to non-judgment. You're not going to judge any of these things. You're just learning and you're trying something new. And so that Mm -hmm. I see is something, you know, like the third piece of this. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, I always tell my clients um, to see if we could just see our relationship with food as an experiment, like a scientific experiment almost, or like a journey, instead of seeing it as like, well, we'll get into this a little bit more, but this idea of, I think sometimes we compare ourselves to not only to other people, but to um, a lot of my clients compare themselves to old versions of themselves and Mm -hmm. experimenting with your food. You'll find, I think you'll find this to be true too, Molly. Like, I what I ate like two years ago doesn't suit me anymore. Like I have to see it as a journey and as a kind of like an experiment because there was a I remember a couple of years ago I used to eat the same thing for breakfast every morning just because I loved it so much and it was like really yummy and it seemed to give me energy. But now not so much anymore. It really doesn't give me my body is evolving and changing. I'm constantly changing and you're constantly changing and we're all kind of evolving and as I'm getting older like everything's kind of changing like my body my hormones my digestive system and so I have to play around with things like hey that breakfast doesn't really work for me anymore I really doesn't give me a lot of energy it actually kind of makes me feel sluggish and my stomach feels kind of funny so maybe I do this but we have to be really present with ourselves and almost in a little bit more of a relaxed state to be able to, you know, just to kind of, it, it, the experimenting is just kind of taking a second to kind of see it, see a little bit differently. And like you said, it's that 
getting curious, then that non-judgment, and then we're using this idea of seeing it as an experiment, like, hmm, how do I feel after I've eaten like those five pieces of pizza? And how do I feel after I've eaten, you know, that ice cream sundae? And how do I feel after I've eaten that vegetable or whatever it is, right? So I really like that. So that's, yay, that third one's good. So what's the fourth one? Fourth one is permission. Can you give yourself permission to be human? to make mistakes, to change your mind? Can you give yourself permission to eat all foods you want to eat? Um, and I think that all of these really tie into each other because you, you, know, you have to experiment to be able to do that, to see what you actually still like. Um, you have to be curious with it and be non-judgmental about it, that we are going to make mistakes and that that's going to be okay. So right. permission is a huge piece here. No, I agree. And permission to just be a, a human being on the planet and just to be okay with that fact that, um, I don't know if you don't like this, but I'm going to say it anyway because it, it's just come to my mind. But people always say to me, you don't understand, Kelly, I'm an emotional eater. And I always am like, get the heck out of here. We are all emotional eaters. Like, what are we doing? Like, when we all gather around at Christmas or Thanksgiving or when someone passes away, we're all gathering around that table. And don't you think that that's emotion? Like that's emotion. Like I eat when I'm happy, sad, angry, glad. Like it is emotional, but just because we're emotional, like emotional beings, like it's not because like, I don't, I just don't buy into that concept of like, I'm an, I mean, I get what they're saying, right? You get, you get it on a level, like a different level, like, Oh, um, I'm sad, so I overeat. That means I'm an oh, I'm, I'm an emotional eater. But I just don't buy into that concept because that again is another it's another form of judgment. But it's another it's like the good foods bad thing bad food thing. Like it's um it's placing something on us that we can let go. You can just say, well, we're all like we're all kind of emotional eaters. I mean, I don't know what you think about that, Molly. No, I completely agree with you. I'm really glad you went there. <laughs> it's something I hear all the time, and and I'm with you. I hear what they, I know what they mean. I also used to identify as an emotional eater, but we are always emotional eating. I, it's an anniversary date for me and my husband today. I got two desserts. I mean, it's it's a happy Yay. emotion. We're going to eat for that. <laughs> and it's something we <laughs> learned, or it's something we were born with. Like we were we were emotional as infants and then we were fed. You know, it's something that we learn from a very, very young age or something we're born with that we get comforted by food and that's okay. Like that has to still be on the table because otherwise you're going to judge yourself the next time you eat for emotional reasons. And I'm air quoting, nobody can see me doing doing that because (laughs) it's going to happen. Intuitive eaters eat emotionally. Yeah, it's silly. We're emotional. Like, we're emotional. Like, I can be, I said something to my client the other day. I go, she said something like, do you, something about being sad or something. And I'm like, um, well, within the next hour, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be, like, sad, happy, discontent, frustrated, and angry. And she's just looking at me. And I'm like, well, probably. I mean, I might go through those emotions. Who knows? <laughs> like, I don't, but I don't really judge myself about it. Like, it just kind of is. And like you said, like, you are super excited. Well, happy anniversary, by the way. And so you're super excited to have these desserts <laughs> with your husband. And it's going to be like this amazing thing. And and it's and it's because it's because it's love. Like it's a part of how we show emotion. Like 
whether it's a, a, like we said, like a death or a holiday or a celebration, or maybe it's just you, like, just whatever, like you're having a good day, bad day, like, it really doesn't matter. It's just, it just kind of is, right? It just is. What's the fifth one? It just is. Oh, my favorite one, self-compassion. Can we extend kindness, understanding, and empathy to ourselves when we're faced with challenges? Can we tell ourselves it's okay to feel this way and your feelings are valid and that many people would feel this way if they were in this position? Self-compassion is one of the first things that diet culture takes from us. If we even had it to begin with, so many of us were raised in families that just weren't very compassionate and I don't blame anyone. You can only, you know, go as far as, you know, your caregivers were able to go themselves. So they did their best, but a lot of them, they really didn't know how to be very kind and compassionate and loving. And so it's something that some of us might have to learn, you know, from square one. And so it's awkward. And for a lot of people, and so many of my clients roll their eyes at me, because it's so hard to go there to be kind to themselves, but they can be kind to everyone else. They give really good advice to everyone else, but it's so hard to turn it on ourselves. Yeah, and it's like, and I think we're in a culture, I mean, me being um, an entrepreneur and um, having my own business, and you may feel this way as well, it's this idea of the drive and the push. And if you're not driving and pushing, and if you're not like almost like uncomfortable, then you're not doing the work, like you're not doing enough. And so when it comes to like this dieting and things like that, it's, it's this idea of, I think for me it was, if I wasn't struggling, if I wasn't like in agony, then I really wasn't eating right. Or I really wasn't, um, like it, it was, it was such a weird, it, self-compassion was the opposite of what I was doing completely, but it was even far stretched by that. It was almost like a self-compassion equaled weakness. Like I needed to be, yeah. to be strong and have this, um, the, this word that I absolutely hate is like with this willpower and this white knuckling through life, <laughs> like push and drive. Like absolutely, I can't handle when people say willpower, by the way. I, you, I just don't have enough willpower. Like they come to me, I'm like, oh, okay, where should we start today? Because that's, I don't like that word. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, and it's so silly to me. But anyway, but yeah, those, all five of those, those five to thrives, um, your five to thrives because those are so they're so beautiful and they're so perfect and um, so yes thank you thank you I don't know if you had um, any other thoughts about kind of about those five but I think maybe if we I don't know I don't even know how someone would kind of start with those I mean when you're giving those when you're introducing those to a client do you just kind of introduce those and kind of maybe they I don't know like Maybe there's like like they carry around a little a little notebook with with those five in it or something like that, just to kind of remind themselves. That would be a good idea. <laughs> I don't um, know. I like do I'm that. thinking I like how like I don't know. I I did all sorts of things when I was in like when I like throughout the years to kind of just kind of heal my relationship with food and body and kind of, you know, heal some of the the different trauma and and different things that went on in my life and in my childhood. So I think for me, it was, I used different tools. So I think one tool might be just to kind of have those at the forefront. Like, am I being like when the thought comes, so like with the pizza, when the thought comes, 
first of all, the thoughts just come, right? Like, I think people think, like for me, I'm telling you this, Molly, this is hilarious. So the other day, some diet thing like came across my whatever, my my Facebook thing or something. And I had a moment where I was like, hmm, that, that sounds interesting. Maybe I could. And then I'm like, what? Like, it, it, I'm, I'm laughing. I'm like, get out of here. Like, like, so it's, so sometimes, sometimes the thought still comes, like the thought about the certain food, like, oh, I really, I really shouldn't eat that food because that food has too much sugar in it. Or like, so it's not that the thought, it's not that the thought doesn't come, but then I, like you said, I kind of go through the five thrive, those five to thrive. I do that almost like in a different way, maybe, but the same thing, like I think to myself, okay, Let's get curious about that, like that thought, like that, no, that's not true. I mean, is that true? No, that's not true. That's kind of a question I ask myself. Is that true? Like, is that piece of pizza going to kill you? And and is that going to like, is that the end of the world? And is that really bad? No. And then I have, so I'm getting curious about it. Then I'm having a non-judgment of kind of just like letting it go. Like I'm not judging myself for this and giving myself permission to eat it, giving myself, I'm experimenting with how it feels. Now I'm sitting with it. Like, how do I feel right now? Um, do I feel good? Did it give me energy? Do I feel, you know what I mean? Like kind of just like listening to myself and then giving myself compassion. Like, Hey, it was, it's a wonderful, I got it from this brick oven pizza place, which is amazing. Um, I love pizza. You know what I mean? Like, I love pizza. It tastes so good. And just being compassionate with myself, like, yeah. And then, and then I think like, if you go through those five to thrives or you go through those steps, then it's easier just to kind of let it go. Because it's, I think people think that they're going to get to some place where, they're never going to think these thoughts again and they're never, and, and, and they should be at a place now. I have clients who are like, I've been working with you for over a year and I'm still having thoughts of, you know, trying that new diet or, you know, starving myself today, or I go out and I binge eat and, and all that stuff. So I don't know what your thoughts are about that, Molly. I have so many thoughts on that. I think something to keep in mind is that we're not responsible for that first thought that pops in our head, or even if it, you know, goes into a whole paragraph, we're not responsible for that. That's something that's completely out of our control. It's something we have basically been brainwashed by diet culture to think we are responsible for how we respond to that when we notice that we're even going down that rabbit hole of thinking about going on a diet. So I think it's completely normal and okay to have these thoughts we just don't have to take them seriously. Your mind is just doing what it does. It's thinking. Um, mm. And so we're kind of on autopilot something, sometimes. We're just we're used to thinking that way, and that's totally fine as part of being a human. So to what you're saying, there is no final destination here. This is a practice. You don't just get to a place of body acceptance and you never think negative about your body again. It, those thoughts are going to be there. They just might not be, you know, as... Um, powerful they might not be as often um, correct and you just that's you the case for me I mean through sorry go ahead as I say through you'll learn through experience uh and experiment with what works for you uh you explained really well how to do cognitive behavioral therapy uh I also like to ask some <laughs> acceptance and commitment therapy questions like is this thought helpful if mm-hmm. not what would be a more helpful thought and then for anybody who's feeling overwhelmed in this process, I just want you to think about what it was like when you learned how to drive because you were probably hypervigilant about every little piece 
of that huge machine you were in, and it seems like a lot at at once. But now, I mean, we can go on autopilot. We're not even sure how we got to that destination because it's just like ingrained in us. So you can get to that place. Yeah, I agree. And we can do it in a different way, Molly. We can do it in a way... We can approach our food and our body in a in a more loving way instead of a a hard willpower driving like being so hard on ourselves. We can we can come at it from a different from a different side and a softer side. Yes, I think Absolutely. it's the only way. Shame I think it's not a good way. motivator for change. Nope, it's not. It's not in anything. I don't, I, I agree with you. I just think it's, um, and it's, um, and how do you want to live? Like, how do you want to be in this world? Do you want to have peace? Do you want to have joy? Do you want to, or do you want to be on a cycle of constantly being on a diet for those 10 pounds or those five pounds? And I know I work with a lot of people that are um, morbidly obese. I've worked with a lot of people who have had gastric bypass surgery and gastric bypass revisions. So I understand um, the challenges with all of this and the difficulty. And like you said, they talked about the um, the trauma and all that stuff. So we're going to talk about we're going to talk about that a little bit on the other side of the break because I definitely want to get into. I know what was that? What was that thing that you said that Ian starts with an E? Oh, it's one of, yes. Okay. We're going to talk about that. So we got to take a short break, but on the other side of the break, I want, I wanted to make sure that we talk about that. So um, we'll see everybody on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Kelly Backer offers one-on-one life and health coaching and personal training by phone, over Skype, and in person. Visit corebootcamps.com to find out more about Kelly and these programs. No matter your age, gender, fitness level, or goals, Kelly and her team of certified trainers are here to ensure that you become the best version of you. They can even come to your home or work, and group weight loss programs and classes are also available. Find us on the web at corebootcamps.com. That's K-O-R-E bootcamps.com. If you're in Baltimore or Hartford County, Maryland, you can check out the Core Bootcamp Studio and take advantage of our fitness classes. Led by Kelly Backer and her team of fitness professionals, we offer on-site weight loss programs, challenges, and classes including spin, sculpt, strength, yoga, and the popular full bootcamp. If you're a fitness beginner or at a top level, we already have a class that fits your style. For more information, visit corebootcamps.com or call us in Maryland at 443-640-5274. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests and new happenings at the voice America talk radio network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are listening to Already Enough with Kelly Backer. 
To reach the show today, you may call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feel free to also send an email to kellysbootcamps at gmail.com. Let's get back to Already Enough. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Already Enough with Kelly Backert. I am here with therapist Molly Barr. I'm super excited to have her on the show. And we've been talking all about intuitive eating. And um, on the other, before the break, we were, um, were talking about her five to thrive, which was awesome. The experiment, curiosity, self-compassion, permission, and non-judgment, which I think we could just probably talk about for the rest of the show. But we're going to kind of move on because as at the beginning, Molly mentioned um, something called, and she's going to explain it to all of us, it's called ENZR. So Molly, if you could just kind of explain what that is and how it's helpful to people. Sure. It is, so it's EMDR. It stands for Eye Movement Desensitization Reprocessing. And I've heard it was just on a recent episode of Grey's Anatomy. So I'm thinking that it's really starting to spread. I've heard some celebrities are talking about it. It's a therapy that was developed back in the 90s, but again, with social media, I think it's starting to really pick up um, some speed here. It's a form of therapy that can reduce the negative thoughts, the feelings, and the body sensations that are connected to an event or an issue that's bothering you. It can help reduce negative core beliefs, and by that I mean, like, I'm not good enough or I'm unlovable. A lot of these core, I mean, we all have negative core beliefs. And our brain naturally goes into a process of healing that helps you to develop more positive or adaptive core beliefs. Like, I am enough, and it's so amazing. People actually really, I mean, you really believe it. I've had clients who are just in total disbelief. I had one who thought that I went to Hogwarts because it just felt like magic. They have, they'd never felt so good before. Oh, awesome. So like, what's yeah. the first step? So if I come to you and you're going to use this technique, it's like, how, how, does, I mean, how does it, so if I have that, that trauma from childhood, or if I have some sort of, um, you know, trauma is interesting to me because I think people think, well, and oftentimes we do have significant trauma like a sexual abuse or some kind of um, mm-hmm. terrible abusive situation, right? But some people, on the other hand, trauma to them just means that they, you know, they lost their they you know, they they lost a boyfriend that and they're and they're eighteen years old, but they lost this boyfriend. And, and people people think, well, that's nothing. Like I've had th- like but I don't I try not to place judgment on trauma because trauma is so individual. Does that make sense? And so, and then our self-talk comes into play. And I think that that's, and then here comes the, it, this, these, not, I don't want to say issues surrounding food, but that's when we use food to, which I did, which is when I used food to numb out or I used food in ways that I didn't need to be doing it. Not because it was about the food. And it's not because I liked cupcakes more than you. <laughs> I love how people think it's about the food. Well, if there just wasn't that cupcake around, oh, get the heck out of here. I would have binge ate and I did binge eat on fruit and vegetables. Swear to God. I think, I mean, I have a really bad story about like binge eating on frozen peas. I'm not kidding you. Did it. So it's, it's just, I was using any, like I would have used anything. So it wasn't, never was about the food. It was about the numbing and not wanting to feel the feelings. And it was those thoughts of not being enough and not feeling like my trauma, not even even thinking that it mattered. Like I kind of just said, like, 
like thinking, well, I didn't have this terrible thing happen to me. So I shouldn't, my trauma isn't, you know, it, it, it isn't, it isn't like everybody else's and I shouldn't feel this way. Okay. Okay. Lot to cover here. And it's so relatable. And I'm so glad you brought so much of this up because it's not talked about now. Okay. I don't think people, I think currently we're not really supposed to be saying little to your big T traumas, but I think it's just easier to grasp the concept. Yeah. So we think of a big T trauma as, you know, a horrific car accident or someone who goes to war, you know, some like catastrophic event. However, there are little T traumas. Yeah. Like, um, uh, yeah, what's it called? A breakup, going through a breakup, or mm-hmm. you know, some kids do experience, it's traumatic for their younger sibling to be born. Their whole life has changed, and it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting because, you know, these things happen to everybody. Everyone has probably fallen off a swing set, or, um, you know, it's something that seems so little. Everyone's been bullied in elementary school, mm-hmm. but there's some memories that just don't get processed. So every night our brain is constantly processing the memories from the day and it's being stored with similar memories and letting, you know, our brain lets go of the stuff that it doesn't need. It's kind of like food and digestion. It like takes what it needs and and leaves the rest. So if you're overreacting to something, it's probably a good indication that there is a certain memory that didn't get processed because it overwhelmed the system way back when I'm thinking early childhood, like, eight years old and younger. And some of those things we look back on, we're like, yeah, big whoop, but our bodies hold that score. So when I said the body sensations, I mean like when you feel that fire in your chest, you're, you might cognitively be able to say, well, I am good enough, but your chest, your body is telling you, oh my God, mm-hmm. get out of here. This is dangerous. I got to get out. Mm-hmm. So that's what EMDR targets. And so it gets to places that I haven't seen talk therapy be able to get to, which is why I'm so enthusiastic about it. Yeah, I integrate the two. So there's talk therapy, but then we also do EMDR when, when we're ready to get into it. Awesome. Oh my gosh, I want to do it. Like <laughs> I'm I'm all about this stuff. I um no, I think this is so unbelievable and I'm so glad that we're bringing it out because I think um I think it's important. I think what you said is important because I think um sometimes you're right. My th- my thinking but then I'm having that that feeling. I'm having like a feeling and that's where that um curiosity comes in a little bit because now mm-hmm. I have to be I had and self-awareness and I have to I kept moving so fast Molly that I wasn't going to feel that feeling I was going to shove up some mm-hmm. food in my mouth or and I was just and, and really for me it went beyond that we're talking about food today but I mean I used alcohol drugs relationships I used um overworking over exercising so I just a handful of things. It wasn't just food, but food was my number one thing that I went to. So for me, it was anything that would really numb me out. And I was racing. So for me, I had to, when I started to go into these, um, like the eating disorder clinic, and I started working with psychologists, and I started working with people, and I started to surround myself with a support system. And I became more present with my food. And I became to get a little bit more stillness with meditation and some other things. I have a toolbox of things that I use and continue to use. But it's but, it, but that's amazing. Like that, I, um, I'm so happy that we talked about it because I've never heard of it. 
I've never, I never had heard of that. So what another, um, what another thing to bring in our toolbox of things that can be helpful if someone is listening right now and they would, they would like to kind of start to heal their relationship with food and body. That's kind of how I say it, but I know there's different ways of saying it, but I, but I feel like sometimes it's when they want to reach for the next diet plan, maybe reaching for something more along the lines of what we're talking about. And um, they don't have to keep getting on that hamster wheel of the next diet and the next fix and the next, they can, there's a different, like we said, and I think you both, you and I have said it 15,000 times now, but there's a different way. (laughs) There's a better way. I'm like, I want to wave, come over here, come over here. It's better over here. (laughs) <laughs> I know that sounds so stupid. Like it's weird. Like it's so much more fun over here. Like you're so much more peaceful. Like please come over here. Like there's a different way. And you know what? When I was in kind of entrapped in all of that, like dieting and doing all those things, I didn't know there was a different way. I was so in it that I didn't. I needed to be shown or. Or so, but it was little things. Like people would say little things here and there, and I would, I would listen, and then I would go back to what I was doing, and then I would hear something, and then I would go back to what I was doing. But it was interesting because years later, now I see how the seeds were planted for me, and how it was just a journey. I I hear what you're saying. I think that that's. I, I got caught up in that cycle of like that. Uh, destination addiction where it's like everything's going to be better once I just lose that weight or once, you know, X, Y, or Z happens. And in the meantime, like 25 years had passed and I was doing the same thing every day and I'm just waiting for this day where things are going to be better. And that's just not, I finally, it like hit me in the head. I don't need to live like this anymore. I need to figure out a way to tolerate all of my emotions because they're just vibrations in my body. They're nothing to be afraid of. And the more that I'm willing to be in the present and experience those feelings, the more full my life becomes. It's uncomfortable, yes, but it passes. Whereas before, it's like, God, it was like a constant, uncomfortable feeling, it felt like. So there's, yeah. there's another way. There is another way. There's a definitely another way. Um, have you also, I remember for me, um, it was a lot about... I didn't have any trust on like for myself. Like I remember, so one of my first therapists, um, she said, okay, Kelly, um, I just want you just to eat whatever you want. And I, and, and I was like, I'm so confused by why, what, what are you talking about? Like I was, I was, I was just mortified. I said, well, you don't understand. I said, if I'm allowed to eat whatever I want, I mean, I'm just going to eat, like, I'm going to eat 10 pizzas and, and I'm just going to, I'm going to eat three loaves of bread and I'm going to, you don't understand. And she goes, eat whatever you want for three days. I need, I want you to do this. And I was like, okay, I don't think you under, and she said, I want you to do it. And it was interesting because so, um, the funny thing about doing that and the funny thing about saying that is people think in their head like they're going to go, you know, eat 20 million ice cream sundaes and then they're going to eat. But the funny thing is, no, you won't. You'll be sick after the first day. You'll be sick after the first day. You probably won't even want to eat the second day. Like you won't be. It, it's, the, it's the funny thing. It's like there's this I didn't I didn't have any. Her, I, I, I got where she was going with it because her idea was like to, I needed to understand that, um, I needed to learn a little bit more how to 
trust myself and know that I can trust myself. I can trust my body. My body will tell me. My body will tell me when I've had enough. My body will tell me what feels good to me and what sounds good to me. My, I don't have to follow any rules. I don't have to follow a plan. I can just listen and I can just trust myself. And like I didn't, that concept was completely foreign to me. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's like you're jumping out of a plane. It's hard to trust that there's like something strapped to your back and that you're going to be okay. You're not going to come crashing to the ground, but it's scary. How could you trust yourself? Diet culture made you think you can't, that you were the problem, that you need some set of food rules or calories or macros or whatever you do to live your life. Like you no longer trust yourself anymore. You probably don't even notice the subtle hunger and fullness cues. Um, Nope. It is, it's so mind-blowing when you start to learn what intuitive eating really is and when you're able to really incorporate all 10 principles, which could take, you know, something like a year or two. Like, it takes a long time. This isn't like a 12-week diet plan. We have to, again, give ourselves permission to allow this habituation process to occur. Eventually, if you eat pizza every for every meal, it's not going to be as exciting anymore and you're not going to feel very good. And so... It's like at what meal does it, does your body start to create more variety? Because it will eventually for some people it takes longer than others and that's okay. And people probably have many foods they have to kind of habituate again. So um, it's, it's an adventure and I think the five to thrive (laughs) help you get into intuitive eating. Yeah. And I think um, your 10 principles, um, the 10 principles of intuitive eating, we, we didn't, we're running out of time, so we don't have time to talk about those today. But I'm going to kind of corner you right now and ask you, and I really hope that you will. I hope that you'll come back on again because we don't have much time left in the, um, in the program today. But I hope that you'll come back on and we can talk about all this again. I would love to come back. We have touched on so many topics. We could dive deeper into any one of them or all of them. Oh, my gosh. I could talk to you for like 10 hours. Like I could... I'm like, we should just do this. It's just, it's so funny because um, when you do, when you do feel relief and when you know where you were and how much it can help you and how your life can be changed and you can live in such a more peaceful way, you just want everybody to know about it. And you just are so thankful and grateful for the people like you who are out there being brave enough to say you're really working against the machine, Molly. I mean, this is a, these diets are, it's a billion dollar industry. So we're, mm-hmm. our, you know what I mean? Like the Overeaters Anonymous, the Food Addicts Anonymous, which are also preaching um, restrictive diets, the, the, you know, all of it. I mean, and we could go on and on and, and just start to name things. And I don't, I don't necessarily need to do that, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a lot, it's a, it's a, it's a money-making machine. And so, countering that can sometimes be difficult. It really can. And I think for anybody who's interested in diving into this, think of it as like you're learning a whole new language in a country that doesn't speak the language. So the more you can immerse yourself in it and start to walk away from some of the diet culture stuff, the better off you'll be. So listening to uh, radio shows like this or podcasts, um, following people who promote intuitive eating on social media, if you're into that, starting to unfollow some people who 
And this is part of mindfulness, too, of just noticing when you're scrolling and if you read something and it just activates you in a negative way, it's probably a yep. sign to unfollow that person. That's kind of, I mean, that's what was helpful for me. So I agree. Yeah, so it's, we it's like have learning to a new language. I know we have to get off now. This is so disappointing. But if you, I want everyone listening to follow Molly at Molly B Counseling um, on her Instagram. You have to follow her. She's super amazing. But Molly, you're going to come back again and we're going to have another great show. But thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Talk to you soon, Molly. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. All have a good right, Friday. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Already Enough. You can join Kelly Backard again for another edition next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until we speak again, what can you let go of this week to realize you are already enough?